Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the States as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the Word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. Hello, my sweet girls. It is Caroline here with you today on the second episode topic of stress that hit different. Um, I would say that it's kind of crazy to me that back in January when I met with our Waves team and our Waves board, I had prayerfully considered doing this topic for the month of March, having no idea that anything like the coronavirus would be alive and well in our community and in our world. Um, But the truth is, is stress does hit us all different. And this coronavirus has truly hit everyone differently. As they've shut down schools, as they've gone online, as some of you have gotten news that your proms have been canceled and that graduation dates are going to be moved back. Um, Maybe you're worried about being in the house with your family as if going to school didn't stress you out. Being at home with your family all the time isn't exactly helpful either. That's stressful too. Um, And it can hit us all differently. Um, And I just know that a lot of times whenever we're stressed, um, we reach for what gives us security when we're stressed. So whether it's laughter, I know for myself, um, I tend to laugh at really inappropriate times when I get nervous. I can remember being in the hospital with family members and everyone being very sad, um, a family member about ready to pass away. And for some reason, I thought everything was funny. Anybody else? Maybe you're the one that I remember as being a child in church, um, sitting there and trying to be quiet and listen to the preacher And there was an older gentleman sitting three rows in front of me, and he just cleared his throat like, and when he cleared his throat, for some reason, me and my friend who were sitting in the pew thought it was hysterical, and we started laughing, not just the laughing, like snickering, like the type of laughing where you're like shaking, you're laughing so hard, and people can either see that you're either crying or you're laughing, Um, but whenever we're, we're stressed, oftentimes we turn to the very things that give us comfort. For me, joy and laughter gives me comfort. Um, I know my dad is one that frequently, whenever things get a little tense or tense conversations, or if one of us is upset, he will quickly try to crack a joke to get us to smile. Um, And so for me, when I'm stressed, a lot of times I like to listen to funny people. I like to watch funny movies. I need to go to the movies and just laugh, or I want to be around people that are filled with joy. Um, Or I might just start laughing for no reason. Whenever we're stressed, sometimes it means that we get angry. Um, anger might be the way that we we live out our stress. We might want to punch something. We might drive fast. We might blare our music and scream it at the top of our lungs. Um, we may just stomp around the house or slam a door um, just because we feel stressed. Um, I know that for me, I have had those moments myself. Maybe whenever you're stressed, you go into denial like it's not happening. You're like a 
trash compactor. You just keep stuffing it and stuffing it and stuffing it and then pressing it down to make more room. Um, you might be the type that whenever stress comes up that that's how you deal with it. You just pretend like this isn't happening. As I've watched the coronavirus unfold throughout our nation, um, there have been people that have reacted with memes and been laughing and making fun of it and trying to, you know, pro provide some comic relief, which I think we all need it. <clears throat> there have been people that have been angry at those who have traveled abroad. And there have been people that have just been in straight up denial. Like they haven't gone to the store. They haven't gotten their food. They're just going about their business, ho-hum, doing their thing. And then they're like, oh my goodness, everything's closed. Um, maybe you're that person. Uh, you just pretend like, if I pretend like this isn't happening, then it's not happening. Um, maybe for you, your reaction to stress is sadness. Maybe you get weepy, you get tired, you um, you cry. Uh, it just makes you, if you feel stressed, you just cry um, or you start to feel sad. Um, we've all had those moments as well. Or maybe you decide to eat or you go work out or you take control of the very thing you can control. For me, when I feel stressed and out of control, you will know it because I start cleaning everything. A couple weekends ago, I was stressed. And all of a sudden, by 10.30 in the morning on a Saturday, I had cleaned out every cabinet in my bathroom, every drawer in my dresser, and gone through my entire closet cleaning out old clothes and putting them in trash bags. And so you might be like me, that you take control of the thing you can't control. So you decide to clean or you decide to work out because you can control your own body or you decide to cook or I don't know what it is for you, but you decide to control or maybe it's that you make perfect grades because you can control that. Um, and so stress gives us all different reactions um, and it hits us differently. Um, but I want to remind you of something. I, there was a, a video that popped up online um, back a couple weeks ago, and I feel like it was such a timely uh, thing to be released. But Carrie Job and her husband, Cody Carney's and um, Elevation Church, un unveiled a song called The Blessing. And it's been funny to me because in my own personal quiet time, it's my Jubilee year, which means seven at every seven years. And, and so I have been going through every seven chapters of the Bible and I've just been taking my time. It's kind of been like a speedy course rehearsing and reviewing uh, what the Bible is about in each of the books. And so I've read through Leviticus and Numbers and I'm in, I'm in Joshua now and I'm just taking my time. But in number six, there is a priestly blessing that's given to us. And, and and it says, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Like that is the blessing that Jesus, our high priest, gives to us. That he's the same priestly blessing that was spoken over from Aaron to his sons. I receive that and believe that we receive it too. Um, in Deuteronomy uh, 7, uh, verse 9, it talks about how it says, Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God. He's God, not us. And he is the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his mercies for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Listen, our God is a faithful God and he never drops the ball. So no matter what stressful situation you're in, he has made a covenant with you. It is a binding, not just a contract, but it's a relationship that he's not gonna turn his back from you, that he's faithful to you. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his blessings over you. 
for not just you, but for a thousand generations, for your children and their children and their children, um, for your family, that that is what our promises are. You know, in Deuteronomy 28, it talks about the blessings and the curses. And, you know, if you go back in the Bible, you read about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And in that process, there was a bunch of plagues that they experienced. And they were very stressed about it, but the people of God um, were seeing the Lord's deliverance. And and literally, when it came to time for the Passover, um, they asked that the they had to put the blood of the lamb up on the doorpost, and the spirit of death literally had to pass over them. And we know in John 10, 10, that it says that, you know, that, that Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly, but the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and destroy. And I think whenever we think of the enemy coming to steal, kill, and destroy, we oftentimes only think of him like physically stealing or killing someone or destroying something, but we forget about the enemy, how he can still kill and destroy our peace. Um, and that in the midst of stress that he tries to still kill and destroy our peace or our mindsets or even our knowing who we are as a child of God. And so um, whenever they came out of Egypt, there were these blessings of obedience to the children of God. As the children of God were obedient, the Lord said, these are all the blessings I'm going to give you. And then he went on to say, but here are all the curses I'm going to give you if you don't obey me and don't follow me. Um, Well, sisters, I have a special thing to remind you of that Jesus came and died on the cross. So therefore, every curse was nailed upon that tree. Every curse, every sin was nailed upon him. And and we we have the chastisement of his peace, that, that every single stripe that he was beaten was taken for our sin and for our curses. And so therefore, we only get the blessings. We only get that the Lord blesses us and keeps us and, and that he's gracious to us and has his face shine upon us and gives us peace, that peace is one of the parts of that blessing in the midst of stress, that we're reminded that in the scheme of things, that for a thousand generations, he's going to bless us. And so in Deuteronomy 28, um, verses 1 through 14, it goes through all the blessings that you're going to receive. It says that you're blessed in the city, that you're blessed in the field, that you're blessed by the fruit of your body, that means your children. You're blessed with your produce. Your herds, cattle, and flocks are even blessed. Your baskets are blessed. Your bread bowls are blessed. That you're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You're blessed um, in that your enemies are defeated and that your enemies have to flee from before you seven different ways. You're blessed in your storehouses that the areas where you save up, that they are fully stocked. You are blessed um, with your everywhere you, that you put your hands, where you set your hands, they will be blessed. And you are blessed in your land that you lend to many nations and you don't have to borrow, that you give out and bless many nations and don't have to borrow. I know that I I have prayed this over myself um, so many times that, you know, I'm blessed when I go in, blessed when I go out, blessed when I'm at home, at work, and about, the, the blessing of my hands that, you know, that the enemy comes against me one way and he is forced to flee from before me seven different ways. So I just want to remind you to go back to the promises that God blessed you. We are not in Egypt anymore, sisters. We are out of Egypt. We are free. We are no longer slaves to fear or to any other thing. And so therefore, 
We are free and we receive these blessings. Um, I will just tell you one of the things that the Lord showed me back several years ago when my mom was having some heart issues, um, the Lord showed me in Deuteronomy verses 15 uh, through uh 50, um, just all the curses. And I mean, even heart disease is mentioned on here, plagues, um, fevers, boils, you name it, it's in here. And so any type of thing like that, that you're seeing, you have to remember that Jesus came to, to heal and bring life and life more abundantly. We're talking about the fact that we worship the God who laid hands on the sick and they lived. We're talking about the Jesus that laid hands on lepers and not only did not get disease, but they were healed. We're talking about the power of Jesus Christ that laid hands on people that were dead and they were resurrected to new life. We're talking about the power of Jesus Christ that um, that he opened blind eyes and he caused lame people to walk again. And so that is the God that we serve. We serve the God of the blessings. And so I want to remind you, when you start seeing these curses come up, they are of the old law and we are not of the old law anymore. And so one of the things that I automatically do is I start repenting and I, because I know that if I'm experiencing these things or we're experiencing these things as a nation or as a city, then I know that there's some repentance that needs to happen. Somebody needs to say they're sorry, like, sorry, God, that we have turned our eyes off of you, that we've been disobedient to you, that we are not following you anymore. And so I know for me, I'm right now, I'm up in Georgia. I'm in the woods. I'm at a retreat center. I have just been enjoying my week. And about two mornings ago, I think I had finally gotten enough physical rest that I could actually like dive into the word. But I woke up that morning and I was just so burdened in my heart to pray for our country and to pray for our nation. And so I just started praying. And as I was praying, I just was led to repentance and just to say, God, I'm so sorry that we've turned our eyes off of you. And so I know that I've had to repent on behalf of other people, other cities, other other agreements within our nation. Um, and I think when God sees our hearts turning in repentance, he sees us as moldable people that love him and want and desire to obey him. And so we just ask him to restore those blessings to us, you know, and in, um, in Luke 9, uh, chapter or verses 1 through 5, it is the sending out of the 12 disciples. And we have to remember that we are disciples that are sent out, that that is our role, that we are his disciples. And, and this is what was said in, in Luke 9. It says, then he called his 12 disciples together. He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He didn't just send them to preach Jesus. He sent them to also heal. The Spirit of God heals. And so I say, let's in this time, in the midst of this stress, as things hit different, this is our time to up our prayer game. Let's pray for for radical healings, radical deliverance over our friends, over our families. Let's believe what Jesus said about healing, that, that these are the signs that follow those who believe, that, that they would be healed and that then people would turn back to God because they would see the miracle and then worship the miracle maker. Um, 
you know, in Psalm 91, it, it, there's a prayer I want to pray over you later, but Psalm 91 is a, is a scripture that my mom read to me over me every morning on the way to school growing up, but I call it my 911 scripture. When I'm in trouble or I'm in help or I need help or I feel like I need safety or protection or provision, I go to Psalm 91. And so I want us to pray over that Psalm in a little bit, but, um, in the meantime, I want to go over a story that I'm reminded of. In Mark 4, it talks about, uh, it says in Mark 4, verse 35, it says, On the same day, now keep in mind, Jesus had been preaching and teaching, and he talked about the parable of the mustard seed. He had talked about how houses that are divided can't stand. He would talked about... Um, the parable of the sower, he'd sent out the 12 disciples, um, and a great multitude has been following him. He's healing people, he's, he's fasted already, and here he is, and it says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. So they're in a boat, and, now, and he was saying, let's go over to the other side of the property, let's go to the other side of the land. And now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. They just said, okay, Jesus, come on. And other little boats were also with him. So it wasn't just Jesus in his boat with his people, but lots of boats, little boats were following him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves began to beat against the boat. Um, so that it was already starting to fill with water. Now, can you imagine, like the insurance girl in me starts to freak out. When I go on a youth trip and I think about the caravan of cars behind me as I'm driving to a mission trip location or a church camp location, I'm keenly aware of the fact of my responsibility for those around me, not just myself, the people in my car, the people surrounding my car, and the people going with me. And so here Jesus is, they're on the water, there's a windstorm, there's waves, water is filling the boat, and all these other people are experiencing it too. And it says in verse eight, 38, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Now, if you aren't stressed being in the middle of the ocean with a windstorm and your boat filling with water, nothing would make you more nervous than the than the son of God literally taking a nap. Anybody else ever feel like God is taking a nap when all hell is literally breaking loose? Anybody else feel like God is taking a nap when you are stressed to the max? Anyone else feel like God is taking a nap or on vacation whenever things like the coronavirus are going on and you're like, God, do you not see what's happening? They went to him and awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are dying, that we're perishing, we're about to die? And he arose and he immediately rebuked the storm and the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And then he looks at the people and says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? You know, I think it is so amazing to me to see that Jesus slept in the midst of the storm. Um, if he could be at peace in the midst of the storm, then I know we can too. He creates order out of chaos and confusion and fear. He silences fear. That's what he does. 
In addition to that, you think about the fact that Jesus could lay down and literally take a nap in the midst of the storm. He knew that Father God was watching over him. He knew that his time on earth was not over. He had things he had left to do. I know there's been a couple times I've been on planes um, headed to and from different countries uh, just doing mission work. And, and my friend Christy, who's been a part of our waves ministry over the years, um, on our last trip that we had, there was a lot of turbulence coming home and on the plane. And it started really just shaking. And it was a little scary. I'm not going to lie. And I remember putting my hand up on the seat in front of me and immediately starting to pray. And she looked at me and she just said, you know, my time's not over. This plane is not going down. You know, and, and I, I have to say, I think that's the spirit of Jesus. Jesus knew his work was not done on this earth. And I know that for me, there are many things that the Lord has laid on my heart to do. And he wouldn't speak for me to do if my time was going to be up by some coronavirus. You know, um, I was praying the other day and the Lord just spoke to me very clearly. God is bigger, so much bigger than a virus. He's so much bigger than a virus. He is so much bigger than that boy breaking up with you. He is so much bigger than math class. He is so much bigger than chemistry. He is so much bigger than the test you have to take. He is so much bigger than being locked in a house with your mother for four weeks. He is so much bigger. And so I just want to remind you that the God that we serve is the one who we should fear. Um, I was taking a hike earlier today and I just looked up at the mountains and I thought of that scripture that says, I look to the hills, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, that that's where our help comes from. He is so much bigger than us and than our circumstances. And so when stress hits you differently, you have to keep that in perspective. As we close today, I want to pray this prayer based off of Psalm, Psalm 91, um, it's a prayer of God's protection and his deliverance and his safety. And so just take a moment, if you can, close your eyes and just receive this. Um, I thank you, Father, oh, most high God, for blessing us to dwell in your secret place under the shadow of your wings of protection and true intimacy with you, embraced and sheltered by your power and your precious love. I confess and I pray and say unto you, O Lord, that you alone are our refuge, our fortress, and our place of protection from dangers and distress. You are also our stronghold and our defense against our enemies. You are the only God in whom we serve, the only one in, in, who we place, in whom we place our confidence and our trust. We trust not in our own abilities, nor in our own wisdom or strength or understanding, but God, we trust in you, O Lord, to deliver us from the snares, traps, and the deceptive and sinful temptations and entanglements of the enemy. You are our deliverer from every sickness, every disease, and every issue. I thank you, Father, for covering us with your feathers of safety, warmth, and love far out of the reach and grasp of our enemies. And the truth and power of your word is our defense, our shield, our protection around us. Because we dwell in your secret place, we shall not be afraid of the spiritual dangers or the demonic tactics or tactics of Satan, nor shall we be afraid of the plots of the wicked people that he would influence or use to fight against us. 
Father, neither shall we worry or fret or be afraid of unseen or unknown catastrophic disasters or deadly diseases, nor of sudden death or destruction on our life or destruction of your blessings in our life. Even though many fall to temptations and destructions of the enemy on one side and tens of thousands suffer lack and are afflicted with sickness, disease, and other calamities on the other, none of these evils shall come near our dwellings or near us. I see with my eyes, we see with our eyes, God, the punishable rewards and destruction of the wicked and the unjust. And we know that we shall not partake in their sufferings because we receive the blessings. Because we have made you, O Lord, the most high God, our abode, our dwelling place, our our place that we, we lay our head, no evil shall be able to fall upon or touch us. No sickness or disease shall come upon us or even come near our dwelling, our family. I thank you, Father, for commanding your angels to watch over us, to protect us wherever we go. They are encamped in a hedge of protection around us. They shall preserve us, defend us, and keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger physically, spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. I thank you for giving us power and authority in Jesus over every demon and over every devil. And because we are hidden in Christ in heavenly places, even as Christ has all things under his feet, I also have all things under my feet. And so do these girls listening. And therefore, even the demonic and satanic principalities, powers, wicked spirits in, in heavenly places are trampled under our feet. And with that, I stomp the ground. Because I've set my heart upon you to love you and to serve you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Lord, we reverence you. We worship your holy, mighty, majestic, precious, and glorious name. You shall deliver us from every attack of the enemy, and none of his weapons shall prosper against us. Because we make our habitation and dwelling place in you, God, Whenever we are in trouble of any kind and we need to call upon you for help, you will be right there as always to answer us, to honor us with your mighty hand of deliverance. And you will show us the salvation of God by blessing us with long, healthy, safe lives. And we give you the many wondrous blessings and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com, and our social media at Waves Girls Conference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.